0: This is the Ty Butler Show
1: on 98.7 ESPN. I want to talk about the preseason. Oddly, all day long yesterday, I felt, I don't want to say chills, but there was that nervous energy as we got closer to kickoff. For a meaningless exhibition game where no or not many of the starters were going to be involved. It just goes to show you how giddy we get about football. And I was listening to the K show earlier and Don read the numbers. It was the highest rated sports program yesterday in New York. Jets, Browns, like why are you so invested into that? But for me, as a Jet fan, it's just, you know, the, the, the countdown has begun. And the closer we get to September 11th, Monday Night Football Jets-Bills, yeah, I, I, I'm just starting to get more antsy. But here's my thing. Because I saw this happening. NFL.com put a column out about it. And, you know, the New York Post. And I'm listening to people talk about the game last night. The biggest takeaway cannot be Zach Wilson. I'm sorry, it just can't be. This is a guy who, if all goes well this season, won't play a single snap. So the idea that we should be hyper focused on his development above all other things is one that I reject. Now I will say, yes, was it good to see him look a little bit more poised and you know, Chris Collins were pointed out on that what was it, this the first drive where it's the run play, the pass play, third and five. He goes through multiple progressions. Last year, that was one progression before he took off. Yesterday, it was one, two, three progressions, and then he slipped and fell on the opening drive, which was so you No, know, Zach Wilson. Yes, you can be interested in what's happening with him and intrigued, but listen, if he sees the field at all this year, something something went incredibly wrong. What I will say is, look, I don't want to pile on him. He's gone through a a lot in his brief career so far. But consider where you are that after being drafted second overall just a few years ago, a 57-yard preseason game pass is making waves. That pass on a drive that ended in a field goal. So we now have to analyze that. I'm rooting for Zach. I'm rooting for him. I think it would be awesome Obviously, if he became the future quarterback once Rodgers decided to hang it up, but we have to acknowledge that it is highly unlikely that that's the case. The Jets are going to have to make a decision on him at the end of, what, next season? Because he's played two years. This is year three for him at the end of next season. Or no, at the end of this season. They got to figure out if they want to pick up the fifth-year option on him. So that's when the decision has to be made. And again, if all goes well, outside of the Jets wrapping up the number one seed home field in a bye uh, as you enter week 18, you're not going to see Zach Wilson play unless Rodgers got hurt. And that's a a disaster that I don't even want to imagine. I don't even want to think about that. But if Rodgers is here long term, when are we seeing Zach outside of the preseason? It's just not going to happen. So... The, uh, the most ideal scenario is, yes, Rodgers comes in here and wins your championship. He's able to be a leader, and Zach learns under his tutelage. He guides him, and you know, he did what Brett Favre didn't do for him and what he didn't do for Jordan Love. He does with Zach. It all comes together, and the prize is here comes Zach Wilson marching onto the field once Rodgers retires, and now he is the best version of himself and the one you hoped you were getting when you take when you took him to number two overall. But it's just very unlikely because the Jets aren't going to get enough film on him in real games if this experiment with Rodgers goes swimmingly. It's just not—you just can't see it happening. So that's why I can't get too wrapped up in what I saw from Zach yesterday. It's just in the immediacy of what we're looking to accomplish this year, that's at the bottom of the list. So I'm looking at other things. Like, okay, uh, right now there's buzz around Izzy after last night. He had 21 total touchdowns at Pittsburgh last year, 20 on the ground and one receiving. So yesterday we saw him put his tremendous speed on display. Uh, And it's important because that is a running back room that has a lot of question marks. I'm not buying that because of what we saw from Izzy last night. The stock or the price came down on Dalvin Cook, who's now going to have to acquiesce to whatever the Jets are offering him. I'm not looking that deeply into it because it is a preseason game. What I would say is, quietly, the Jets do have a running back room that has a lot of questions, because you got the rookie, Izzy, who, who we saw last night. Michael Carter coming off of a very disappointing campaign last year. Just think about how we viewed him a year ago versus how we look at him now. Brees Hall did tear his ACL. And I understand that technology has advanced and sports science has evolved to a point where we look at torn ACLs as like, you know, the common cold. You're over it quickly but this is still a very significant injury. Don't go too far to look for the evidence. There's Saquon Barkley. We saw it take him years to get back to what he was, you know, in his rookie season. It took him years to do that. So that's not Rush Brees Hall back. This Dalvin Cook thing, whenever it does become a question that's answered. it's it's going to be significant either way. Because if he goes to Miami, that's already the team that I said is the one I fear most in this division. I think the Dolphins, if healthy, now that's a big question mark, if healthy, if healthy, Tua and the Dolphins scare me a lot more than the Bills do, I'm very high on Miami. I think that that team can be excellent. There is a scenario that exists to me where they can win the Super Bowl this year. That's how good they are. The, the Jalen Ramsey injury is, is just devastating. We'll see what happens with him. The reports are he could be out until November, December, and then who knows what he's going to be when he comes back. But that, to me, is still a really good team. And Mike McDaniels last year showed you he can be one of the five, seven best coaches in football. But with the Jets, you know, Dalvin Cook goes there. That is that's that is a nightmare. If he comes here, then you feel a little bit better, or not a little bit better, you feel a lot better about what you have going for you in your running back room, Makai Becton, On uh, that, on the other hand, oh boy. So last night he was expected to play somewhere between twenty to twenty-five snaps. Exited after seven because of knee discomfort. And Robert Sala was asked, uh, "Why'd you pull Becton after seven plays?"
2: We just want to make sure that we're doing right by him. Again, this is all about confidence for him, you know, and if he's got any doubt in it at any time, you know, we're going to be cautious. Um, and uh, so just from communication between him and the trainers, uh, there must have been a little and I'll find out more, but uh, there was a, uh, just probably a little confidence issue, but he's not, you know, you saw him go in there for a field goal, uh, so he's, he's fine. It's just, again, he's got to build confidence in that thing and be able to push through um, whatever he might be feeling
1: and that was something that Beckton kind of refuted. He said it really wasn't much about confidence. It was dis- discomfort in his knee. And we've seen these entities clash in the past. Like we've seen Beckton go at the coaching staff. He blamed them for the injury he suffered last training camp because he was playing out of position. We've we've seen that back and forth already. So I'm just wondering can they figure this out when people ask me you know, what do you think about Beckton? Is he an X factor? My my answer to that is simply this guy has played like 46 snaps in the last 2 years. We've seen him not be on the field. Well, he played yesterday for the first time in like 690 days. If that's an X factor for this team, then that uh, that that's just you're you're looking at a nightmare. That can't be the X factor. I'm treating this as if everything you get from him is icing on the cake. It's gravy. He was drafted high in 2020. He had an excellent rookie season. And obviously, at your tackle position, if you can get him at his apex, you are taking an offensive line that was considered to be uh, one of your biggest weaknesses and, and at least, at the very least, eliminating the weakness part of it. And if that happens, then you're excited about the, the potential of this team. But I can't put confidence in this guy. I, I, it's hard to, after watching what's happened to him since his rookie season, say, I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket. The hope is the there's a lot of motivation behind him playing for a contract. Jets rejected his fifth-year option. And he comes into a humbling situation where, you know, stop talking about the position you want to play, and, and you earn that spot. Go out there and play the position they tell you to play, and you try to earn yourself a big-time payday, whether it's here or it's somewhere else. And if you're successful, it means that this team is, is moving in the direction of being successful, so everyone wins. Let's just figure this out. Let's figure that part out. And lastly, I heard Grasso talking about this on his show, you know, is Rodgers going to play in the preseason? He was talking to Rich Semini about it. And to me, I feel like he has to. I feel like he has to give them something in the preseason. I, I would be very, very hesitant to have the first time that that the, the entirety of the starting unit takes the stage is on national television in week one against the Bills in a monumental game. That brings me some fear. And, you know, you don't want him to play a lot. He's, he's, he knows what he's doing. And the, the beauty of Hackett being here is, is that it's a system he's familiar with. The last time he won his MVPs, Hackett was the offensive coordinator out in Green Bay. But just to get that chemistry and the synergy going with the players, you know he has it with Lazard already. He has it with Cobb. But with Hardman... And with Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis, assuming he's still here, and Uzoma and Conklin, like having them be on one accord just in a little bit of game action in the preseason, I think is important. I don't want the first time these guys all take the field to be, you know, nationally televised, ESPN, Monday Night Football. This could be a a game that determines a large part of what happens the entirety of the season. It plays a big role because it's at home against the Bills. And if the most optimistic Jet fan feels like you're splitting the series with Buffalo, which means you got to win one of these games, right? And one game you feel best about is the one at home. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. So those are my thoughts on the Jets. We'll get back to your phone calls, talk a little bit about the Giants, hear from Aaron Boone. So there's still a lot to do as we march forward toward midnight. New York City, Friday night. It's lit right now right here on 98.7 ESPN.
2: This is the Ty Butler show on
3: 98.7 ESPN.
1: To do, maybe we can organize this at some point cuz Don does the, you know, the the Sasso softball game for a great cause. Uh, which is awesome. Unfortunately I was uh I couldn't make it last week, celebrating wifey's thirtieth birthday. So we were, you know, outside and engaging in shenanigans. But we could do something basketball related, like a three on three tournament. I think that would be cool. Involve even, involve the producers, involve everyone at the station. Hosts, producers. We can do like a you know, nice like three on three, four on four type thing. I'm down for that. that. You finally get to Match up against Jake Montgomery? Oh, I would wash him. I mean, that's not even that's not even interesting. I thought you were gonna say, you know, me going at Alan Hahn, who, you, who we know played college ball back in his heyday.
2: Oh, alan has got buckets. Yeah, that's not that's not a question. Was able
1: to dunk, but that's more interesting than the whole Jake Montgomery thing. Like that that like that was fun for radio, but come on. If you want to play me for some money, we can do that. How many points do you think Jake? Score. yeah. If game's 21, he's not probably like six. I'll give him six points.
2: You'd spot him six points. No,
1: not spot him six points. I'm saying that's that's like his that's his max. He's not getting past six. But, you know, a three-on-three tournament at the station, we should organize that. You know, companies, like, really organize. Y'all in Yankee Stadium, you know, renting out suites and hanging with Brian Cashman. Y'all were at the uh, beach bash with the the t-shirts and the shorts and the hats, tailgating the, at at City Field with DPH and Rothenberg. Why don't you all put together some three on three tournament for the station heads? Y'all should do that. What's right?
2: your go to? What, what what two are you flat uh, going for a three on three with? Like the two could, guys I would want to play with the most. Two guys, producers, hosts at the station. Who are, your, who are your top two picks?
1: I might go Allen. And then after watching Bart get embarrassed with, uh, who was it, Jay Will and was it Keyshawn? Keyshawn and Jay Will when they did the 2-on-2? I think so, yeah. Where he just gave up like after two baskets. So I'm going to have to punt on him. i go Allen and let me go through the roster real quick. Bah, 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 bah. Allen and maybe you go Allen and Rosenberg. How about that? Me, Allen, and Rosenberg get the three on three popping. Me, Allen, and Rosenberg against any three at the station.
2: I think you guys go undefeated because that's what my two mine would have been as well. Peter, and, and Peter,
1: because Peter was in he was in the celebrity celebrity game with the NBA a couple years ago,
2: and he made a really NBA.
1: deep three. Yeah, he hit a shot, so he's got some athletic prowess. Allen's got the you know collegiate career going for him. He's a little older now. Needs a shot, but I still think that when you know asked to rise to the occasion of playing against these uh, these washed people at the station, he he can tap into that. So me me Allen and Rosenberg, I think we'll give people a run for their money. We should set that up at the station. Summer's almost over. We got people getting, you know, wilded on for PS5s in Union Square. So we, we gotta, we gotta put something of positive energy into the atmosphere. Our city is in shambles right now. Between this going on today, we got the congestion, pricing sets to hit. The, the train fares are going up. So we're just coming down a, as a city, and you know, we need some uplifting moments. And maybe 98.7 can provide that with the three on three tournament eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Lonnie, who is in Harlem, checking in. What's up, Lonnie?
3: Good afternoon, Ty, Chantel, and Joe. Uh, it's funny afternoon? Where, where, where are you good, located good on the globe? Good, good night. Good afternoon, good night, same difference, whatever. Listen, uh, it's funny that you said that because ESPN, to me personally, I was telling to Chantel. ESPN provides all the joy I need when I'm having a good or bad day. So I just want to personally thank everybody at ESPN for that. You, obviously, Dave, Rick, uh, Larry, Gordon, Bart, p m k s um, Dan, obviously, all the producers. Shout out to y'all. Obviously, shout out to the company. Um, but, yeah, Todd, it's funny that you was talking about this whole pillow, pillow talk thing. I mean, you're the sensei. You run a dojo. I would think you would be in there talking about breaking boards and all of that. You would be here talking about having pillow fights. Like, I'm a little confused. Now, I got my gi on. Should I <laughs> should I put pajamas on and go get a pillow? That's
1: something that Rick made up because of these old Navy flip-ons I, I was wearing I know, one day. I am not I know. actually a black belt. Though, if me and Rick ever got into a fight, i beat him down. Wouldn't need to break any boards. i I beat him down. But that's neither here nor there.
4: Uh, it's just
3: it, okay, but what I called in to say is that you want to be a little careful when you want to talk about Dave because this is the man who re- recently turned into Brick from uh, Anchor Man because I don't know if you've been listening, because lately he's been telling us this story that he told Sherry the story that he once killed
1: a man. So <laughs> you, might
3: be, you might want to be a little
1: Come on, Lonnie, let's you know, keep it a stack. Yo, Lonnie, let's keep it a stack. You really think he killed somebody? Dave Rothenberg, the guy no, you saw you saw at the beach not. bash. Obviously you think, not. You, you, think not. Got, you, you, you think he's got a, 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 a dead body somewhere? Roar! Come on, you scared of that? You, you, that you, sound you, intimidates you? Hurt? You see Dave walking down the street one night. You you crossing to the other side of the street? You you really gonna say that to me? It
3: de- it depends on which animal noise he's he's letting
4: out at that
1: <laughs> You think you think Dave's got a, a you think you think Dave's got a teardrop destined in his future to you know, to, to tell us about his history when it comes to yo, what he's done listen, in the past? Come yo, on now.
3: Listen. Listen, man. You never know. He might have had a teardrop and he might have got it. He might have got it covered up already. He, <sighs> he told us he caught a body not too long ago. Let me ha- so, you know, let me ask I mean, you a really, quick you question. You gotta be careful.
1: Let me ask you a quick question. Quick, quick question. Now I don't want to start no beef w- between the company and the morning show. But who do you guys like more, Dave or Rick? I don't never happen. Dave or Rick?
3: Uh, well, I'm pretty sure everybody has their personal preferences. Uh, I can't really speak for How about everybody. You? How about you? Uh, I'm not gonna sit here and say, Come
1: on, don't be that do dude. I like
3: more? Come
1: on, be honest, um, Lonnie. Come but, on, keep but, it a buck.
3: But, but, but Dave already knows Rico is my guy. There we go,
1: so. love to hear it.
3: But, but Dave also knows I love him to death and I will run through a wall for nah. any one of them.
1: No, no, no. We ain't trying to well, hear like that, Lonnie.
3: We ain't trying to hear that. Rico, Uncle Rico is my guy. I would, I would, I would, I would clip somebody for Uncle Rico And anytime. he speaks.
1: He speaks for the yeah. whole company. Appreciate the call, Lonnie. He speaks for the whole company. Company loves, loves them some Rick D P H O. Dave could drop dead tomorrow, and the company, quite frankly, probably wouldn't even put a tweet out. I don't even think they would care that much. Let's go to Jose oh. in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose?
4: Good evening, Ty. Shout out to the company. And I'm surprised, you know, Joe is actually still there. He didn't abandon you on this Friday night.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) He's decided to work an entire shift. I mean, you know, must must not be feeling well tonight. All
4: right, so I got two points Uh, one with the Jets, one with the Yankees. One with the Jets, because I'll make it quick because it wasn't on the screen. Um, I find it funny because the whole Zach Wilson positivity thing, I'm just like, it was one pass, and I'm getting so annoyed every time it's one pass, and yet people want to talk about the potential yeah. and the probabilities and the this and the that and I'm just like, Are we really serious?
1: I mean, think like about it, it, Jose it was like, did you see his body language and how poised he was, and he looks drive. comfortable i I'm he just like, over man,
4: that first drive. I'm like,
1: like, man, I'm like, man, if that's all it took was having a couple yeah. of conversations with Rogers to fix him. Then boy. <laughs>
4: to my Yankee point. Um I was at the game. I had some nice seats on the first level right field, um, right field side by foul
1: Territory. Wow, and, talk your talk. Stun, yeah, on, it, him, it, 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 Stun on him, Jose. Stun on them.
4: You know what it is with me? It, 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 it's annoying. And I got them for free, so I'm not gonna say, to you know, that, you know, i am a big stunder. But um this was just it was annoying because now I am going to start bringing up the kids, you know, because there were a lot of kids there acting a judge, and it annoys me that he needed to take another day off. This is this is Yankee mismanagement at its finest right now. Then they pinch it, hit, pinch it, hit, hit for him. They don't keep him on the lineup. It was just for one at bat. And it's just like, I'm like, what is the purpose of this? And at the end of the day, you know what's funny, Ty? Remember when everybody kept saying that nobody bunts anymore and analytically it's not the right play? I see Dusty Baker ask his player to drop a bun. Mm. It wasn't successful, but he at least attempted to drop a bunt with runners on second and first. And I'm just saying to myself, I thought Dusty Baker is a slave to analytics according to all these other radio pundits. I'm so annoyed. We got small ball to death. All of our runs were home runs. It, it was like, why do I pay? Why should I pay for a playoff ticket when I literally got a preview right then and there of how the, Listen, how, how the playoff is going Listen,
1: You won't need to pay for a playoff ticket. This team ain't going to the playoffs, Jose. And I appreciate the call. I actually... <laughs> Was watching this game last night on Fox, and you know you see Yankees Astros on Fox. It actually made me sad because I, I I thought about you know those fun battles that actually didn't end up being fun because they lost, but those fun playoff battles on Fox, 2017 and 2019, and you know even last year. Just this year, it, it, it's you you feel deflated. You feel deflated because at least in those seasons, you felt you had a chance. It didn't amount to anything, but you felt you had a legitimate chance of finally ending that playoff or that World Series drought. And to the point you made about Judge, I hit on this earlier in the show, bottom of the seventh inning, first and second. So LeMahieu doubles, Bader walks, Volpe then strikes out. Here comes Judge with runners on first and second and one out. Pinch hitting. So he's oh, he's healthy enough to pinch hit, but not healthy enough to DH four at bats and go right back to the bench. Didn't make any sense to me. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll hear from Boone. Talk about the Mets a little bit. Get into uh, the Giants as well. We're getting closer to midnight, so line them up right now. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Hit me up on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, Instagram as well, Ty Butler. Right here on ninety eight seven ESPN.
0: I told Sherry back in the day I went to kill the man. This is the Ty
3: Butler
1: Show on 98.7 ESPN. I need people who are going to be able to survive the arduousness of an entire tournament because it's a tournament. It's not just game is seven. I need y'all to have the stamina to do it. I think Allen's got that. And I feel like, you know, Rosenberg, who was involved in the celebrity game, he can give me that. Just got married, so he's on a high. Life is good, and you know Larry too. Larry's going. Larry's going to be able to do that. Larry's getting up there, but he still got it. He he, he still has that level he can get to. We got to make this three on three tournament happen. Joe Leo said it. You who who would you compare yourself to? What was your nickname going back to your playing days when you was hooping in elementary school?
2: It was a little bit further, or more recent than elementary school. <laughs> But when I was going down to the Y and playing pick-up hoops every day, I was Steve Novak. So you
1: was someone who could only hit threes and not much else.
2: I was hitting threes, running all over the court, kind of like Steph Curry running off screens and stuff, but I can't play like a defense. You know why? I know my game.
1: Low-key, RJ, we just had a baby, by the way. Congrats to RJ and (laughs) Ange. RJ looks like he would be great on defense. Like, he, he's that past on, like, that Pat Bev. He could be, but you like
2: you just said, he had a baby. He's tired. Nothing <laughs> I, against RJ. He's just, he might not make it to the whole tournament because he was staying up until 3 a.m. changing diapers.
1: Arrested RJ, on like, full sleep, and now he's got to get up in the morning to, to hang out with Rick and Dave. But That's ar- a different story. Arrested RJ, I'll I take, think. I'll take arrested RJ for will sure. Will be a pest on defense. I think he's gonna give you Pat Bev ask level defense, just feisty, up in your grill, annoying. Even if you don't, you ever play ball against those guys? Who even if you don't have the ball, they still in your face. Like, oh, they just get follow off you. They just fo- Yeah, like, yeah. Get no. off of me. Get like off. you want to just yep. like mm-hmm. physically push them off of you. Like yo, you going hard? We hooping in the park. We ain't getting paid for this. You going too hard right now? Just get off of me, please. Those guys, I think RJ would would cause havoc in that role. Cause he 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 can play that lockdown defense. So I might have to pick up RJ. Now he's making us a five on five. Me, Allen, RJ, Larry Hardesty, Rosenberg. My five against your five. Eight hundred nine one nine, three seven, seven, six. I want to touch on the Mets real quick. It's, it is impossible to me. For you to be a Mets fan right now, and say you feel good about the direction of this organization, you can try to take solace in the acknowledgement—the uh, acknowledgement that your team was not very good, fell short drastically of the expectations, and at least they're doing something to rectify it by, you know, becoming sellers, getting rid of Fam and Canna and Verlander and Scherzer. They decided that, as far as this season goes. They can't win a championship. Maybe next season you can be competitive. But 2025 is really where we're going to go hard and, and try our best to get ourselves back into the conversation of winning a championship. All of that is cool and you can accept it and applaud the team for having the wherewithal to see where they are compared to where they're trying to get to and how far that disparity is. I understand that. But you can't feel good about the direction of this organization. I'm sorry. To be the biggest flop arguably in New York sports history and have no idea who's coming in here to resuscitate your franchise, a franchise that's won one playoff games in 2015, you can't feel great about that. You have no idea what's going to happen with your manager. Uh, who knows what's going on with Billy Eppler? David Stern seems to be the hot commodity. Uh, you know, maybe Theo Epstein comes in here for the third straight time, revitalizes, you know, rejuvenates an organization that is desperately trying to win a championship for the first time in a long time. We saw him do it obviously with the Cubs and the Red Sox. That can that can go a long way in giving you that breath of fresh air that you finally have someone in this building who understands what it takes and, you know, how to build a a roster that's capable of going on, not just a a playoff run for one year, but an extended playoff run, one that you can see this team becoming a a contender with a window open for three to five years. I get it. But right now, right now, in the wake of what you just watched. And by the way, it doesn't make you feel great that right after you became sellers, your team just rolled over, got swept by the Royals, got embarrassed today by the Orioles. So even if you can convince yourself, yeah, next year we're not going to be as bad as, you know, people think, what's the difference? What's the difference? Because you just got rid of all your best players. This is not, you know, a high-class free agency uh, coming this off season, so it's 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 to me a little foolish to think. Yeah, I feel great about well, wh- you know where my team's going. There are way too many question marks. There are way too many question marks. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I put on Twitter earlier today because so I was watching. Uh, I believe it was it was either first take or get up. And the question was, should the Cowboys have full faith in Dak to run the offense? And I put that in quotes on Twitter, and then I was responding to that quote, saying the fact that this still is a question is hilarious, but also very telling. Someone just tweeted at me, that's funny coming from a Jets fan, which I don't understand what you're trying to say. The Jets right now in the past could have been the butt of that joke. Uh, Right now, they employ Aaron Rodgers, who is light years ahead of Dak Prescott. So my only point was... For us to—Dak was was drafted in 2016. We're now seven years into his career. The fact that we're still questioning whether or not the Cowboys should have full faith in him running an offense for a team that can win a Super Bowl is telling. Because it means he hasn't shown enough in his career to, to give you the confidence that that's a possibility. And we saw Jalen Hurts become unleashed last year. Unleashed. Jalen Hurts, finished second in the MVP, almost won the Super Bowl. Young quarterbacks all around the league you say you trust. Uh, Can Joe Burrow lead an offense? Yes. Can Mahomes lead an offense? Yes. Can Lamar lead an offense? Yes. Can Hurts lead an offense? Do you have full faith in him running the offense? Yes. So So the fact that we're still asking this about Dak Prescott just shows you where we are with him, you know, with his career. He's got a lot to prove this year. And I feel like we say that every single season. Every single season about him. Because two years ago, I was singing his praises. When he got hurt and what the Cowboys became, you know, after his injury, I'm like, you got to appreciate this guy more. But last year, to lead the league in interceptions despite missing five games, that is a terrible look. It's a terrible look. And I will say this, if the Cowboys... If you put any other, all the young court. let's just look at all the young quarterbacks who we're excited about around football. Herbert. You trade Herbert for Dak straight up. How do you feel about the Cowboys' chances of winning the Super Bowl next year? You trade Burrow for, Herber, uh, for, for Dak straight up. Hurts for Dak straight up. Lamar for Dak straight up. Just look at oh, Trevor Lawrence. Just look all around football. And it's not being unfair to Dak, but you come you come up short in the regular season. It's always someone else's fault. I get Mike McCarthy is a flawed head coach. His timeout mismanagement drives me crazy. But it, we're always pointing the, the finger at someone else. Always pointing the finger at someone else when it comes to the Cowboys failing in the playoffs. I'm not looking at the quarterback. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Michael, who's in New Jersey. What's up, Michael?
0: Hey, Ty, can we just talk for a minute about New York sports in a whole? Let's do it. if, If you take the Yankees out of the equation, right, which is probably the greatest North American franchise in sports, but take them out of the equation for a minute, what has New York done? Like the Islanders are arguably the second most decorated franchise in the city. They're like an abysmal joke. I mean, for all the resources they have, everybody talks about the Garden is the Mecca. Like the Knicks are a joke. An absolute joke. The Mets are terrible. They can't get out of their own way, the Mets, even with every high priced player they bring in. The Mets now with all of Cohen's money, they just stop their telling. Like it and I know you guys got a job to do. The fans gotta call in. They they gotta hype their team up. They always think they have a chance at the beginning of the year. New York sports are an absolute joke. Mm. I mean I You can argue with me, you can disagree with me, I don't know, but I just need to see some proof. Like,
1: they're, they're perennial underachievers. So I he, here's the thing, Michael. I understand. Like, if we're talking strictly championships, then sure. Like, we can certainly make that case that there has been a lot of shortcomings, especially with the teams that were expected to make some noise, right, like the Mets and the Yankees. And can you leave him on, Joe, but bring him down just a little bit to some feedback? I want to get Michael's thoughts on what I'm saying. But to say it's a joke, I mean, the Nets and Knicks both did make the playoffs. The Knicks won a playoff series. The Rangers and the Islanders uh, both made the playoffs. The Rangers just last year were in the conference finals and two wins away from getting to the Stanley Cup finals. The Yankees were in the championship series. The Mets made the playoffs. The Giants made the playoffs. And the Jets now have the sixth best odds to, to win the Super Bowl because they traded for Aaron Rodgers. So to label New York sports as a joke to me is an overreaction to frustration that you have every right to feel I just don't ag- ag- agree with it Michael your thoughts
0: let me give you the rebuttal on that it's okay if you disagree obviously I mean I'm not one of these guys who my my point has to be more but like 70% of the teams in each league make the playoffs now with these extended wild cards and all these different machinations of how you can make the playoffs like you could have teams 10 games under 500 still make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, but that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do, Michael, I do that didn't happen. Like, the Yankees
1: it. won their division last year, and the Mets won 101 no, games. I,
0: I, look, I'm a Yankee fan. I said, if we can, just take the Yankees out of the okay. conversation, right? I mean, if you look at everybody else, you have to really just say, like, come on, with the resources here, you know, I mean, nobody wants to come to New York. The tax situation, you know, it's like, I don't want to be so down on New York, but New Jersey is the best part of New York. I mean, let's be honest. Like that place is falling apart at the seams. Nobody oh, okay. wants to come here and, and, and play and like there's always this big story, like it's so if you win in New York, you can eat for free for the rest of your life. Who cares? Nobody cares. They'd rather be in Miami with no tax and eighty five degree in sunshine. Like <laughs> listen, there's nothing in New York.
1: You know no, what I'm saying? Like no listen, I, I listen, Michael, for some of that for a small portion of that I can agree with. There is a section of the New York media, media who sometimes overrates the New York experience. or every athlete wants to come here, you know, winning because it's it's what we say. We've been conditioned to say it, and you know, it's been so long since the Knicks have won a championship, right? And the Mets have won a championship. It's been a while, so you know, the Jets, you know, if Aaron Rodgers wins here, it solidifies him as an all-time great. So I do think that sometimes we overrate that. But the, the, the level of anger you got to about the state of New York sports, to me, doesn't measure up with the landscape of the teams. Like, you can say all the wild cards. The Mets won 101 games. The Giants legitimately made the playoffs and won a playoff game. The Rangers were in the conference finals just a year ago. You say eliminate the Yankees, but the Yankees play here. I can't eliminate them being in the championship series last year. 800 I hear you. Welcome to call up anytime. I just happen to disagree with you. Just happen to disagree with you. We wrap the show coming up next right here on 98.7 ESPN.